Hello and welcome to the Wonder Baba podcast. My name is Sheena Mitchell. I'm a pharmacist and mum of three. I'm here to chat all about child and family health. If you enjoy listening to a Wonder Baba podcast, I'd be really grateful if you could follow or subscribe and leave a review. It really helps to support the show. Thank you. Today I am joined by Louisa May Hanrahan, who is the founder of Let's Help Direct Provision and also the creator of Let's Match Mums. Thank you so, so much for joining me today, Louisa May. When you reached out, I was so excited because I was like, I don't know anything about this and it seems absolutely fantastic. So before we dive into the role of Let's Match Mums, can you tell me a little bit about yourself first? Yeah, so I was born and grew up in Dublin in Ireland. And when I left university, I went straight to working in tech and startups. So a huge part of my um, background and career before I started working in this area was actually helping like grow early stage companies. So if you know, like Deliveroo, I launched Deliveroo in Ireland. Wow. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, Patreon. Um, I was involved with them over in San Francisco. And yeah, basically when the pandemic hit, I at the time was running my own marketing agency where I was doing marketing for early stage companies. And then I just wanted to do something to help with the, you know, the way when the pandemic first hit, everyone was just scrambling to try like help everyone. And that's that's how it began. Yeah, because at the time I I remember even in work in pharmacy, you know, hospice organizations and that kind of thing reaching out because they just couldn't get the most basic of kind of COVID protection products like masks and hand gel. It was a disaster at the start. Yeah, when you think about all the different stages during the pandemic, you forget, like, even we couldn't get hand sanitizer at certain points. And all the gym companies started grabbing toilet rolls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and basically, like, I'd had friends that had been through direct provision and I'd been learning more about it. And they were kind of the first people that came to mind when resources and stuff were being requested. People in direct provision didn't have access to adequate ways to isolate themselves or to protect themselves through hygiene. Like they didn't have access to hand sanitizers, masks and whatever. And so I just wanted to do something to kind of help that situation. But it's kind of led me to where I am today. That's (laughs) amazing. It's something I thought about at the time. And I remember there was a particular COVID outbreak in one of the um, direct provision centres. But I suppose the reality is, even researching up before chatting to you, you know, you can have up to eight individual people from eight different countries, different nationalities, all in one room. Um, Like, it's not exactly the most conducive environment for infection. We've been working in the, like, health service, like the HSE, or we're working in hospitals. So they are going out to work, coming back to their small quarters, and everybody, you know, this can be... 400 people in one like small building in Kildare and then so it just was the exact environment that would spread COVID. And can I ask just to explain to people there is restrictions it's just I think we're as well chat about it as we go along because it's probably easier but in terms of rights at the moment so people in direct provision are generally waiting for a decision on international protection. So I know there's been a lot of controversy over 
the period of time before they can start working within, I suppose, any sector, public or private. How long do you have to be in direct provision now before you can work? Is it six months or something? Yeah, six months, but sometimes it can take longer. I have someone whose son has been waiting on even just like the basic kind of PPS numbers and stuff. And it's been, I I don't know, he arrived in January. I think he's still waiting. So I can take a, a while and then... You know, it also takes a while to get a job and sometimes they're in locations that don't have work like nearby. Like you could have someone who's been actually put into a direct vision centre in Dublin and then they get moved overnight down to the middle of um, West Clare or something and they've no car. Like actually in West Clare at the moment, a lot of people are being provided like transport just so they can work in the nearby towns. But, you know, so it's not... Uh, it's not simple. And Anyways. is there supports if you're coming from a non-English speaking country? Like, is there support to help learn English so that you can actually try and get employment? Yeah, no, you know, that kind of way. Like, it depends where you, you end up. And there's, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's, uh, definitely support with courses and stuff. But it's just difficult. Imagine like you're in a country that's so unfamiliar to you and like you can't read anything do you mean you can't read the government websites you can't like thankfully now with google translate like it makes things like a lot easier but sometimes people aren't even familiar with using technology like you know yeah uh, a lot of people in ireland would struggle using a laptop still so like it's complicated but that is what's great about the like let's not mums program is like we've have so just to explain like with let's not mums we connect mums in need of items that are refugees um, with local mums in their community that have kids items to pass on. But what we find is sometimes the mums kind of become friends and become advocates for their mother in direct provision and like help them out with just the, Support. you know, oh, go to this place and they're, you know, either, you know, they're hiring here or I know someone who works in, you know, this office and like you know sometimes we have people who were accountants and all sorts of yeah. things so it's great to just you know Ireland kind of runs by like nepotism I, I feel so you know if you have one connection that like in the community like it can help so much a big help and even probably emotional support not to feel so isolated motherhood is isolating at the best of times you know you're you're, yeah. you're at home so much more than you ever were with your young kids and I I can't even start to imagine having to flee from a situation of abuse or war and coming into a country that's completely unfamiliar and doing that in an environment where it's completely overcrowded and, you know. Yeah, like, well, majority of the women in direct vision like, come with kids and young kids at that and they would be on their own a lot of the time. So they're kind of single, but their, their partners might be left behind or, or whatever, but... Um, they're kind of on their own, essentially trying to raise kids in a very non-kid conducive raising environment. And yeah, like it's, I don't know. Yeah, I put, like I'm not a parent myself, but I've been learning a lot of it actually. Well, <laughs> Motherhood and like it is such a change in a, in a woman's like life and lifestyle. And yeah, uh, and even I was like a lot of mums go on to have 
their babies, maybe they, you know, they've come over pregnant or yeah. they've come over with their partner and they've yeah. been in direct provision for years. So, you know, they have a second child and yeah. I just, yeah, it's a time where you do really need support. And that's why I loved the concept of Let's Match Mums so much because, you know, I know I have friends here locally and family that I would pass my children's clothes on to. Yeah. And that's just a normal part of community life. And yeah. I certainly I think there's going to be definitely some of my friends a bit hard done by now because I'm like, you're not getting the clothes, you go out and buy your own. People here need them more. I just think it's it's such a lovely way. It doesn't cost anyone anything to support in this way. And children grow out of things so quickly. Like it's actually unbelievable. So like to give you some stats, like in America, it's like 4.4 billion tons of kids apparel ends up in landfill every year. Like honestly, like kids grow out of Parents spend on average a thousand euro a month on their kids in their first couple of years of life. And like sometimes the kids are grown out of the clothes before they're born. You know? yes. <laughs> sometimes the kid pops out and it's it's skipped. Like. Or they go through this little phase where they go from like, do you know, the kind of six to 12 months, they kind of miss the nine months and go straight into it. You're yeah. like, what happened to you? What have you been yeah. eating? Toys, like do you know, even just toys, children get bored of the same toys sometimes. So I actually love bringing my kids into charity shop and we'll pick up little books or toys and yeah. whatnot and then gift on some of our stuff so that, look, it's it's better for everyone. It's better for the environment and it's just, I suppose, a natural way of community life that during maybe the boom times, we didn't focus on enough. And I think this is a lovely way. I really also like what you said about forming relationships, because I think that's so important for your family in Ireland. I mean, they're getting a lovely experience out of it. And it's a really nice thing to get the children involved in as well, yeah, potentially. stories about that of the kids, like, if you look on our website, which is www.letsmatchmums.com, uh, we have like a review section, which I just put there because I was like, people actually just send me in their kind of stories. And um, yeah, some of them were like, oh, the kids came and dropped stuff off and they came home and they felt so delighted with themselves. And even if you mentioned with the toys, the toys are like a big thing. We actually like are looking into what more we can do to help pass on toys because yeah kids grow out of them so quickly <laughs> like I think that's the one negative thing I mean not being a mom yet is sometimes I have to I have to learn from the community so much <laughs> like think about like originally I think I matched uh, the first couple of moms with moms with kids the same age and then they're like well the clothes are <laughs> the same size and I was like, oh, yeah so like now we match them with kids you know about six months younger or a year depending yes and based on clothing size like I think oh, that was it originally I was matching based on the age yeah. but obviously the one-year-old can be huge or can be tiny so yeah yeah there's so much to learn I know but it's so that. funny with kids as well because like today Paw Patrol is cool and tomorrow I'm so over it do you know what I mean yeah. and what really annoys me as a mum is all of the kind of younger kids toys are just large lumps of plastic and that just drives me ethically yeah. mad anyway I'm like why do we have so much plastic and why do you want to go out what? and buy more plastic I like I, I hate it price of everything is what blows my mind I'm just like a thousand euro a month is like a macbook air every two months and like you have people 
going through stuff in carloads every couple of months you know, like carloads of stuff that's yeah. like okay baby's too big or ba- the, you know they didn't like this or the swing set didn't you yeah. know make them fall asleep or whatever it is so madness that there's such high quality stuff that just has no home to go to basically and then when you look at the the reality of it so if you're a mom living in direct provision you're getting yeah. a weekly allowance of 38.80 and your child's yeah. getting 29.80 now I know three meals a day are provided but first of all on the food I just know with my own kids they need about seven meals a day for a start so because there's a gazillion yeah. snacks and and I don't know anything about the food and tr- direct provision but Lost. you know they're not thinking about the kids yeah. and also like they're a lot of them have come from completely different cultures and feed their kids differently and then that choice isn't they don't have that anymore they can't feed their kids what you know the way it's so important to you what you feed your kids and you're like you want them to have the best of the best to nourish them and then to have that choice kind of taken away culturally food is actually really important as an identity of a nation it's a further gap that you would have from you and your homeland to kind of be rearing your child on food that is look I'm sure the state are doing their best in terms of that I'm not going to comment because I have no clue but no matter what like even I know with my own 10 year old she is celiac and I'm going it's not um it's not a choice for her like she will be unwell and sick if she eats anything that's cross-contaminated like I just can't even imagine trying to manage that situation so I think the money 3880 you've got to buy nappies we're talking about toys there I'm talking about toys sorry it's not you but you know in a very first worldy way oh they don't like Paw Patrol anymore it's like 3880 a week to live off like like it it really like especially things are getting more and more expensive as each year goes by like think of it like this like they want to work you need to be able to pay for transport in and out to job interviews and whatever and like that you know I had a lady that I literally just because she couldn't get into town because she couldn't afford it you know and so like because the bus is like a 10 euro each way so that's like two days being able to go in. And th- and also the concept that a lot of the mothers have very young kids and nobody to mind them. Yeah. That's a challenge for them working as well. Like, it's just like, I feel like the women in Jack just need a helping hand. Just that bit of support to get them set up and get going. Just so was some way for them. I haven't heard of childcare being provided yet, but just somewhere that if you, you know, if you're trying to get a job, but you have three kids that are hanging out of you and you've got 40 euros and like you're from a completely different country so you're not really sure how things work and and you're trying to figure out I even had a lady that was really just couldn't figure out what she was allowed working for her visa and just helped her read through it properly like she spoke fluent English but just the way it was worded was really confusing you know like it's just weird it's just like a helping hand for the mothers to get set up and like there are like a lot of organizations doing really cool things like mentorship programs and they're not able to help everyone so yeah um, Alex is actually is why Let's Match Mums is cool because mothers are taking it on themselves to reach out and connect with the mum in direct provision it means it's like quite scalable like we're live across Ireland and we have 9,000 mums in our community now, 
which is a loss for Ireland. So, and so that means in like Tipperary and Clare and Wexford, we have people matching and kind yep. of reaching out and stuff. Because for one person on your own, you, you, I'd say it's frustrating because you probably hear so many stories and want to help so many people and you cannot do this alone. And I think Irish people, you know, are actually really good at understanding the plight of others and being helpful. So I don't know, I, I hope it continues to grow and grow because it is such an amazing thing to do. And scale wise, like, So how many families do you have seeking assistance in direct provision at the minute? So the way it kind of works is we'll have a mum and they have, you know, however many kids that they need items for. And we match from like newborn up to 18, which was a surprise to me. But like, I, but, you know, think about it, you kids, they arrive over and they're 16 year olds. Sometimes they're like into kids that's close or like 18, but uh, they're 16 year olds or starting new school and need shoes and stuff like that but anyway yeah so we have uh, one mom but she might need like more than one match just depending on how many kids she has so we have about 700 families involved so far it's actually more than that I have to just check who signed yeah. up last week <laughs> but, um, but that's a lot especially because there's 4,000 women in direct provision so about what is that yeah 25% of the mums are signed up at this point okay because um, the whole thing is in Ireland at the moment we're in a period where money is tight for everyone costs have obviously been spiraling over the past few months there's a housing crisis like i don't i don't think there's anyone who isn't affected so it's nice to be able to join something that you can do and feel really positive about and yeah. enriched that isn't going to cost you anything. It's just a natural progression of passing it's on your clothes. Are doing anyway. anyway, that's what I yeah. kind of, it's traditional way of passing on your items and it's giving like refugees access to that when they come because they maybe in their home country would have had access to that, you know, where yeah. they're from, like they would have known mothers in their community and, So essentially it kind of, and it's cool because a lot of the mums that get stuff, then they become passing on mums themselves. So, you know, I have mums who are within direct vision that then were like, well, okay, well, do you have anyone I can match with now? So that. Full circle. Yeah. Realistically, like some of the stuff gets worn like twice, so it can go, it can go on a few times. Absolutely. (laughs) They all get favorites. So there's items that are really in perfect condition that are barely worn that would only love the extra lease alive. Yeah. It's like what we say is like don't pass on anything like you wouldn't accept yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is there's lots of great quality items just left over. To discuss direct provision a little bit. At the moment, there is a new white paper to end direct provision where obviously it became extremely evident that this short term solution of direct provision is just well, first of all, it's not actually short term. It's been a long term issue. You have mums mm. stuck in direct provision for months and years. Yeah. So I suppose now they just let people know that there is a plan, hopefully, to move. Now, the day, the year 2024 is, is bandied around a lot. But I did read a lot of conversations saying that there's no reason that a lot of these things can't be implemented straight away in 2022. But it would involve basically a phase one 
where when you come to the state, you know, seeking asylum and ending up in direct provision, that you would, instead of going to, is it 39 direct provision centres there are in Ireland at the moment? Or is it more? Yeah, it's more than that. More than that. And they're all obviously not built or fit for, sorry, there's 47, I think. And there's also emergency accommodation centres as well, which like pumps the number up a bit. Okay. So they'll have like sometimes like hotels that turn it into a recreation centre. Because I saw like only three of these centres are purpose built. So, you know, a lot of people yeah. actually are in. Yeah, that's why when people talk about recreation, I always try to be like, look, every centre is actually different. So yeah. there might be one centre where the mums get nappies and enough baby formula and then there's another one where they're not seeing that stuff yeah so it's just that especially when yeah down the country because they're managed by different people too so you know the way it's like anywhere if people are some people will manage something well and other people won't yeah and I think that's the whole goal of this white paper is to step away you know have six state-owned centers which are not not for profit which obviously is hugely important and that potentially HICWA would be given a mandate to go in and inspect the centers so that's really been important I know even okay in my experience in the nursing home the regulation of nursing homes private and public and everything and I think it's good to have very clear standards there on what we expect and for human rights and then the hope would be that after four months in a centre after an introductory period that uh, people would be able to enter phase two and families would be housed together in an apartment or house with its own door or single people would have their own door own room in whatever situation they can get within the communities which allows integration and hopefully gets rid of some of that isolation and I I think like if that happens in the next year or two the importance of let's match mums is only going to grow because you're going to have people settling in communities and actual friendships being able to be born out of that and kids to be friends you know for for people who are living in their community and attending their schools so we have mums that will have gotten their papers and now they're able to you know move out of direct provision and one they find it very hard to find and get accepted into accommodation uh, in their communities and due to variety of reasons it's not just even costs like you know sometimes landlords won't let to people that have come from direct provision and so that's a challenge in itself but from you know some of our mums who are involved they'll tell us that that can be almost a more lonely time for the mother because now they'd be moved to somewhere else and they don't have any connections and so we actually do match all like refugees and um, so I do say direct provision a lot but we, we will match people who are just who have been given asylum and have moved into a new community just because it's actually can be the most lonely, like toughest time for them. Cause um, suddenly that, you know, they're, they've gone to having once again, I guess they've had to move somewhere completely new and, yeah. and it can be quite a struggle to get an apartment and to get uh, everything together and just to get, understand the lay of the land. So, so and that's, I suppose where the youth as well can come in you know, if someone's trying to get a job, as you said, they're like childcare is essential. And even if it's a case of 
before you're able to afford childcare. Obviously, you need to have a job, so you need to be able to go for interviews. And I think mums can support each other in that way too. Just, yeah, I think there's huge opportunity to it. And I think it's lovely and a great way to, to I suppose, integrate people into society and allow them to become part of our community as they should. Yeah, I think the mother, the mums in Ireland are honestly just like, they're, they're just brilliant. Like the stuff that they tell me, they're like, oh, we went for a picnic in the park or they will. I've been told they've been helping them, you know, find a job. And, you know, the way you're like, oh, gosh, it's like it is something in Ireland that, you know, if you ask like a bus driver to help you get to somewhere, they'll draw you a map. Do you know, you might be in another country and they'll tell you no and like kick you yeah. off the bus or something. But in Ireland, like they, we do understand how to get people sorted and like you say it can come across like nepotism but actually a lot of it is probably down to the fact that but but, you know like Ireland actually just is so small that everyone knows someone and the family's traditionally been so like I would say I have a relative nearly in every county do you know you could be like well look I know this person down there and they might help you and like we're great at hustling our friends and family into into helping us out as well it's so true I never actually thought of it like that it's probably not even nepotism it's just we it's just Irishness yeah it's like but you know I actually know somebody and you could have like went to college and haven't talked in 10 years but you're like they work down here and they'll be actually that happened I had someone who I went to secondary school with and he is now a lawyer a barrister and he gave us a hand at some point you know so just reach out and this is the other thing right just to flip it around on the more selfish side we really really need to fill job positions in Ireland like companies are crying out for staff you have people coming into the country of so many different qualifications with yeah. such good experience and yeah. so much to offer. Like the, yeah. their value as a professional or as someone who has amazing skills it just should never be forgotten. And I think that's where, you know, the community is going to benefit by having access to this person's skills yeah. and life experience. No, like the people, women and men that come through and like the kids, like they're so intelligent and creative and like very highly skilled. Like I had one woman who she had studied in the area of marketing and then, you know, needed to just get kind of that helping hand here to get started. And um, Ernst & Young, they do like a mentorship program and she won like the award going through that program. And now she's, do you know what I mean? She's like yeah. <laughs> superstar. Like, yeah. Um, and it's it's a shame for it's a shame to like not just have the resources there to get people set up essentially. But like, that's it. Like once they're established, they'll have the opportunity to thrive. So it's yeah. just finding them and and supporting them at that really difficult time to enable that. And then yeah. that benefits exactly. us all because, you know, we've potentially got a new workforce, new friends within our communities. Our yeah. children have, I suppose, yeah. a wider friendship network. Like I just yeah. I think, yeah, there's an awful lot of positives to come out of it. Yeah, like and just like the diversity and the new cultures and stuff. And like you can already see in Ireland how like interesting it is and exciting it is to like learn from different um, communities. It's great to see in the schools there is a lot of diversity and yeah. I think inclusivity is becoming so much less of an issue. I think our children are growing up in a generation where they don't see something that might have been defined as a difference in yeah. the past and yeah. 
becoming a bit more open-minded I think not everyone but I think that's the overall goal is to like learn and I think we didn't realize maybe how non-diverse we were growing up and and, um, it's definitely thank god there's a focus on it now like just because it's our way doesn't mean it's the best way I know but um yeah so if anyone's listening tell your community about it like one of the great things at Let's Touch Mums is it's really been spread by word of mouth as well and yeah we're we're looking for now more local mums to sign up across the country especially like in Neve and Clare and yeah different different counties some of them have more signups than others so and look I'm living in Meath and I actually signed up during the week and just to say the process was really straightforward your website is fabulous it's so easy to use as you say there like it's it's very close to home to everyone like geographically you're actually you know we hear a lot in the news for very obvious reasons about say things that are happening um in Ukraine and the absolute horrific travesties that are going on there but with this situation this is something that we can actually help with on a practical level because people are nearby like maximum 30 to an hour drive I think my closest DP center is a 15 minute drive from where I am right here yeah you watch the news with huge empathy and you wish you could help whereas here are people who have also arrived from potential war situations yeah. Who need the same support? Yeah. We, we, the Ukraine, we actually are matching Ukrainians as well. So they're getting help through that smash homes too, which is cool. People can just opt in. Know. Yeah. And yeah. get the support. Yeah. So when I was doing the collection points, we could really only help in Dublin. And even that wasn't sustainable with like the cost of storage units and yeah. uh, van drivers. Yeah. Because I had so many moms being like, oh, like, you know, I'll come back in six months and I'll have more stuff. Yeah. You've kind of <laughs> basically armed the troops now powered people to go and do what they wanted to do exactly. do you know what I mean like that was literally it it's like the moms wanted to pass on their items to a mom in direct vision and this just lets them yeah do yeah the whole thing is completely completely fantastic thank you so so much for taking the time to talk to me today I hope you get loads of new moms for let's match moms because it's such a good cause and Really, I can't see anything but benefit for everyone. So I really appreciate you coming in to talk to me today.